Before we start our podcast, who do we have on the phone? Hey, Miguel and Scotty. How are you guys doing? So well, Jacob. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, Scotty the Body. Scotty the Body. Guess what, Scotty the Body? February 26th is. Guess what it is, Scotty the Body? February 26th. It sounds like somebody's birthday. That's what it sounds like. Nope. Dang it. Uh, It sounds like National Hopscotch Day. Nope. Dang it. Okay, fill me in. Guess what it is? Um, I'm going to guess that it is someone's anniversary. Yes, it's Sky the Body's one year anniversary on Hot 101.5 in at K923. Can you believe that? Oh, oh snap! I'm full time. <laughs> oh That's my gosh! We made you full time, Scott. Wow! Oh my gosh! It's already gonna be a year. That all the time yes, just flies. Thanks, Jacob, for that yes, filler. I, I completely didn't know the exact date because it's kind that. of a crazy time period. So Jacob thanks for the update. Jacob, two time cares more about you than you care about yourself. Wow, that's that's a powerful and, statement. I should see a therapist. And just and just to let you know, Miguel Fuller's not twenty twenty one anymore. Come on, Miguel Fuller, you get the buzzer. Oh, bah. wait. When did I say twenty twenty one? Well, you said that at the beginning of the show. You meant to say 2022. Oh, that's right. You know what? <laughs> I haven't even changed it on the paper, on the schedule that I read from. So you know what? I do get the buzzer. Thank you very much. But, Jacob, did you have a great holiday season? Yes, I sure did. I sure did. And, Sky of the Body, I can't wait to wake up every morning just so I can listen to you and Miguel, you know, and Holly, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I wake up in the morning because I get to – be here well, with them. Get a paycheck. Uh, yeah, I got a paycheck. Jacob, yes. tell everybody what podcast they're listening to. Well, only today they're listening to the Scotty the Body podcast with Miguel Fuller on Hot 101.5 just for today. I yes. like that. That's a good ring to it. Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller. Holly O'Connor. And Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Thank you, Jacob, two times. Holly, you missed it when we recorded Jacob helping us intro. I was like, where's Jacob at? Yeah, he missed you when we recorded him yesterday. Yeah. For the podcast. But Holly's back. Holly was out yesterday. Yes, I was. Um, We'll get to all that, but... Like most times, I'm, like, doing stuff, and then I, I like, come into tune. You come too. I come like, too. Yeah. And Holly and Scott are having this in-depth conversation about getting old and how old they want to be. And I'm like, you know, this conversation is really fascinating. Yeah. Let's do it on the fucking podcast. Like, that is the definition of save it. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. No, Scott and I are having like this really like in-depth, like it's a mean, good conversation. meaningful. Yes. yes, yes. Like when I finally came to, I was like, oh, that will be great on the podcast. Sorry. So we, I forget, like I, I how long have we been doing this? <laughs> I and I forget that my job is to tell entertaining stories and then I waste them. Yes. I'm like, oh my God. Uh so by the time this is released, the news will probably have come out by then mm. that uh, Sydney Poitier. Uh, Sydney Poitier. Poitier. Yeah. Poitier. 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 He is a famous uh, black uh, African American actor mm-hmm. that is, oh God, I looked it up. Oh, wait, hold on. I just Prolific career. Absolutely. Well, and this is what started it. Is it an email popped up? Because we're, we're in. We're the media. Right. He's 94 sorts. years old. And so a little um, alert came across our email and was like, you know, re- uh, reports are saying that Sidney Poitier has died. 
And I was like, oh, man. Um, and so we had a brief conversation, and Scott was like, how old was he, like, you know, elderly? What was he? Where Miguel found out he's 94. Yeah, he's 94. And so just, hold on, I wanted to get just a little, before we dive into the conversation that you two were having. Mm. Um, Marty, I got some stats. I wanted to give, like, a, oh, do you have some? Not on him. No, I didn't. Um, ah, I okay, didn't even think first, in our email what, they. It's so new that they didn't even have stats. No, it, I wanted they're to. They're saying it, 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 they heard heard. Yeah, it's it's starting to pop up on the internet now. But he's the first black man uh, to win Best Actor Oscar. Oh wow! Uh, let's see. He was one of the last surviving major stars from the golden age of Hollywood. Uh, let me just get through this real quick because it's just happening. Uh, let's see. His first brush with award nominations came with the Defiant Ones in 1958, which saw him wow. nominated for Best Actor alongside co-star Tony Curtis. Mm -hmm. um, six years later, he historically won the Best Actor Oscar for his performance in Lilies in the Field. Denzel Washington praised him when he became the second black man to win Best Actor for the 2001 film Training Day. Um, let's see. Let me do one more quote here. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Yes, this is where I know him from. In 1967, uh, he starred in three films that addressed the issue of race relations um, to Sir with Love and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah, that was because that's, that's been they remade that. Yeah. They remade that sort of like when Holly and I were young. Yeah. Where it was basically, I think it was like a. Ashton Kutcher film? It was. Maybe, but it, it was, was like, Ashton Kutcher. So it was sort of right. like, whatever. It was like, want, want. But. This was, that was like a. But like back a, then, it yeah. was like different races. You bring them, um, especially back then, like I, a white woman being with a black man, very controversial at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of like how he came up in the world. And like Oprah talks about him all the time. Mm -hmm. and sort of the same breath with like Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like, it's a big thing uh, for someone like that to pass away. because Oh, dang, they already got it on the Wikipedia page. Oh, do they really? Yes. Oh, wow. They must have just added it. It's crazy. I mean, and I was just watching uh, last night, actually, as I was going to bed, this documentary that's only going to be up on Netflix until January 11th about Betty White. Oh, wow. Um, really, it's only like 58 minutes, something like that, but um, I only got through like the first like 10 minutes and I fell asleep. Nice. Um, but it's so crazy when she started on television and when Sydney started, how different the country looked, the wow. world looked, oh like just God. how they functioned every day. And so to think about these people that are now passing away that are in their late 90s yeah. and how much they've seen, it's crazy. So that's where the conversation started when I sort of tuned out and was doing some other stuff. And then you two kept talking about how long would you actually want to live for? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Would you want to <laughs> live to be 99 like Betty White or 94 uh, like we just lost Sydney? Like how old would you would you want to live that long? I said, I'm not trying to live to be 100. No? No. Because- Like, what if technologies increase and you can still jump around, hop around, and you can I see mean, Maya's children have children? Oh. Maybe that. But, like, as it stands wow, right now- I know. I don't think about that. Ooh, right? Like, that's going to trip me out for a second. Let me finish Maya's my point. Children. Think about that. But, <laughs> no, well, now it's going to trip me out. But, um, I, like, as things stand now, like- your body just deteriorates. And, yeah. like, let's not even think, like, your body and or your mind. Right. So um, I'm like, ah, like, what's the goal? If you, if, do, if someone wants to live to 100, why? 
Like, yes, you would want to see your, like, grandchildren's children, children, children's children. But, like, it feels like it would be so difficult and exhausting physically mm-hmm. and possibly mentally. I mean, if you're still sharp as a tack, that's right. one thing. But look how many mind-altering diseases there are yeah. as you get oh, older. gosh, yes. I do not want to find myself, like, suffering for 20-plus years suffering. You but look, I mean, I mean, I mean, your body's gonna give out when it gives out. So yes. I think that's the hardest thing. It's like you could still be kicking, quote unquote, kicking, well, yeah. at, at ninety nine, a hundred. Like, but that also could mean you're just sitting there, laid up, yes. and you're just waiting for your time you to can't pass. Physically, do anything or go anywhere. That's the most wild thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I would want to be in my nineties, but again, only if like you know, I'm still walking around. I can still go to the grocery store. I'm still playing checkers with Jim down the street. Like, <laughs> I'd want to have an active lifestyle, but. Yeah. I, Again, you don't know when your time's going to come, but that's what I brought up. I was talking about, like, you know, like, so many people. Like, that's rare to get in your 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. Like, I got to meet my great-grandparents who lived in their 90s, and to see that, but also I had, like, one side of the family lived very long. My other side of the family, like, I think I lost my grandpa in his 70s, and that's kind of, like, the median. It's, like, mm-hmm. in your middle 70s is very on average. And then I brought up the fact, I was like— we bring up all the time that people kind of retire on 65, and there's so many statistics that people pass away within this small window mm-hmm. right after they retire. And I was just right. checking out this thing of, like, people did some research, and they actually discovered that people that retire earlier, let's say if you retire at 55, there's actually, they said, an 89% chance they'll actually pass away within a 10-year window. If you retire early? Yeah, they discovered that people, because what we were talking about, Holly, is when you retire, and if you don't have another step or another thing that's giving you purpose, purpose. your entire life comes to a halt. And so they were talking about how things increase. Like, obviously, health problems start to increase because you may drop on what you're doing to maintain that level of fitness or mental health. And a lot of people go into different problems such as maybe alcoholism or they turn to different drugs and stuff mm-hmm. as they're just trying to just like get by day to day. And it's causing people to just pass away much sooner. Because they don't also, have purpose. They don't have anything to do. And right. it's also, it's literally stopping your body in movement. Yes. And so your body's like, well, oh. guess we're done here. But guess it is this crazy. this is all you needed me for. Well, that's, you know, I think for me, it's like the biggest thing that I always think about is like so many people wait to do things until they retire, which I get like, again, we do have to save money to be able to do things like that. Right. Let's put that aside for just a second for this conversation. But the, the money saving aspect. Yeah. But the bigger picture, when you wait till retirement, like you have such a small window, statistically speaking, of years left to live. That alone, whoo, that keeps me up at night thinking about that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, between 65 and again, median age of death around 76. That's a small window to be getting a lot of things done you've been waiting your entire life to do. And then also, as you get older, it's just a fact. Your body's going to start to deteriorate. Right. Yeah, it's not so going like, to want to do all those what things. What if you saved up and, like, you're not going to die, so you're going to go travel the world or whatever, but, like, you got a bum-ass knee and you're your not going to be gets thrown out. walking mm-hmm. over to Italy. Right, you're, right. What are you going to do? I mean, to me, I always look at, like, I want to travel, you know, as we further in our careers and have the... Um, ability um, and the resources to be able to travel more. But like to me, I look at retirement as like the next phase of my life of like a passion project that I want to work on. Like I can see myself going to going into politics, you know, after I'm done, you know, being wacky and crazy on the radio or maybe going into publishing or maybe going into some sort of advocacy work for the LGBTQ community and like opening up a, a shelter for LGBTQ youth or I always, to me, look at 
that as a second phase for like my passion yeah. to be able to do things that I knew probably wouldn't afford me or I know they wouldn't afford me money to be able to like do the fun stuff. That's when I want to like be able to dig down deep because then you have a purpose of like I want to go or like even going back to school just for the fuck of it because I love learning now. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I didn't like it back then when I was younger. I just wanted to get through it because I wanted to go work so I can make money. And be being able to do that to me, I look at it as like what what is the what are the things that I knew wouldn't afford me money that I can finally do. That's what I look at for retirement. That's assuming that you've set you you've you've amassed right some wealth. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah. So I'm trying to think. Okay, I have a couple points, and I'm trying to like capture them as they go in different directions. First, if you're like living paycheck to paycheck for your entire life until retirement, what do you do then? Right. Second. Maybe this is more of a generational aspect that we didn't take into consideration when we had this conversation off the podcast. Yes. Mm. Sorry, Scott. We had this whole conversation. Mm. And um, so for someone like my dad, and this is this is about where Miguel stepped in and was like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying, because my dad is 74 years old. He'll be 75 this year. And he's still working. And he's working like... Um, and this is always the job description that I got. I still don't know what he does. Oh. I don't quite understand it. Mm. Don't. Um, sells drugs. No, he makes. <laughs> the biggest drug dealer out in Northern Ohio. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Literally, that's a building he goes into, this manufacturing plant, <laughs> but he's really been making meth this entire time. Slinging dope. <laughs> you had no clue when he dies, all of a sudden you're going to become a millionaire. Um, oh. It's the drug money. Right? It's, it's all money. the drug money. All of a sudden, how's it going to be like, y'all? I come in I've, with like I've decided these to random leave glasses, radio. sunglasses, and They're I like, wear what? them all the time. And I'm like, I need to step away. I can't talk about anything anymore. But Holly, I, why? Well, this is how you survive. It, don't worry about it. I'm I, now independently I'm wealthy. I'm independently wealthy. <laughs> so uh, on the off chance that you know Tim is not doing making all the drugs, he manufactures gears. I don't even know if that is still accurate. Or not. I know he works for the same company, mm. but I don't even know if that's like a title that he holds. I don't know what he does. Oh, my god! He's clearly a senior level, whatever it is that he does, because he's been there, this company, probably since I was like born. I don't know. He's been working for the same company the whole time. Oh, wow. So, and obviously this man is a baby boomer, my dad. Mm-hmm. So when we when I talk about generational stuff, I'm like, he is working at this company, right? And, I mean, his health is probably not, well, it's not too bad because he had COVID over Christmas and he was just like, whoa, my taste and smell, and that's weird. And I'm like, oh. are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. So <laughs> he's okay. Um, but his, I know his eyesight is like a little, he's got some issues with his eyes. But I told Scott, I was like, if my dad were either to, like, have to retire or force be forced into retirement i think he would die Mm. because that is his soul life's purpose like that is his routine yeah that is his day if he didn't have that i have no idea that routine part sounds like a big part drive this man this is what i'm like keeping your health up to your standard yeah it is like he's got to obviously remain healthy enough to drive to work. Yep. And do his job. Eat meals. And yeah, I don't. I don't know what would happen if he was like he. He's not planning on retiring anytime soon. But I don't know if the company has a pot. Like he's seventy about to be seventy five. Like yeah. I don't know. So, but he's not gonna be doing well after he uh, retires because what is he going to do? Right. I don't know. And neither does he. But I feel like that might be a generational thing with like baby boomers who are older now, obviously, and they work that the whole goal was to like work towards retirement and i'm making a generalization obviously so if you are a baby boomer listening and this is not you 
I understand. I'm making a generalized statement because a lot of baby boomers do have other things like that they might want to do or be interested in, like Miguel said, but I would have a feeling that most of them poured their heart and soul into their life careers. And once that's done, it's almost like, I don't know what else right. to do yeah. or, or how to even start a passion pro- passion project. What am I interested Things I want to still do? Right. What does that even mean? Right. Like, you Meanwhile, mean? you know, as the generations have gone through with like Gen X, they're probably a lot more open to it. Obviously, us millennials, we have stuff we want to do, but we got caught up into doing stuff we have to do. Yep. Gen Z is like, fuck what we got to do. We just going to do what we want. Like, That's right. Mm-hmm. So as the generations have gone by, it's probably maybe that retirement death stat that Scott, you were talking about, about you've got like five to 10 years after retirement and mo- a lot of people die. Maybe that'll become less and less as individuals move towards knowing what they want and like right. and find fulfillment in instead That's of true. living to work. Yeah, I think it will increase. And especially because we have more access to so many more things. The travel accessibility is so much more there. Mm-hmm. Our communication between literally just states and countries, like you have way more options. And I think back in the day of like, well, that's it. I did my job. And now there's, I'll just hang out in my same town. It's like, no, you have way more access. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think a lot of us too also realize we're like, oh my God, watching. And that's the biggest thing for me as Gen, like early Gen Z, late millennial, like watching what the previous generations have done and the things that you hear conversations about regrets and things that would change. It's like, okay, well, we got the message. Taking notes. Mm-hmm. Taking plenty of notes. I'm like, all right, changing it now. Like me and my best friend have this conversation all the time because he's in a job right now. That he, it's pretty new. It's a pretty mm. new job for him, but he's already starting to hate it. Like, just dwell. Mm. And it's taking a toll on his mental health. Right. And he has a fear right now because he called me. He's like, look, I just started looking for more jobs, but I hold him back because I don't want my resume to look like I just bounce around. And I was like, dude, well, in just short terms, like, bleep the resume right now. I think we're in a different time period where I'm going to be happier that you took care of your mental health and you chase something that you're actually passionate about rather than hanging out there, what, for 10 years? You waste 10 years of your life and you just hate that job. Meanwhile, you had a chance to get out? But get al- out. also, though, too, I will say that if I am hiring someone, I at least want to know that, because things are never going to be perfect. Yeah. And, like, sometimes you've got to, like, push through difficult situations to sort of land on the other side. I'm not saying it's always right, but, like, correct there you got to find, like, the sweet spot to, like, all right, it's it's really crappy now, but maybe if you whatever you needed to work through, like got on the other side. So I would say yes, because that's what and we've talked about this before. Where like all of the memes I've seen, where it's like, "Girl, fuck that job, quit that job if you don't like it." And I'm like, "Yes, quit that job if it is causing you to hate your life and you feel like, should I even be on this earth anymore? Do I have bring value?" No, quit that job if you're feeling like that. But if you're going through just a tough spot or maybe you got a tough manager and if you've gone through every avenue to fix the problem and it's still not fixed, all right, fuck the job. Go to a different one. Well, but that's, that's what I would just say. That's a good point because I think what the, I didn't add into is like the work that he's doing is just not fulfilling. And as you look at the longevity of it, he would be doing the same work continuously, let's say, for the next 10 years. Like, even the manager are doing the same job. It's yeah. just you get moved up. Right. And when you realize, you're like, wait, I actually, I hate what we do. Mm. I don't enjoy the hustle of this job. Right. And you know what? Like, I wouldn't say, and the conversation turned to, like, 
I don't want to just stick around because it's going to look better on a resume. Mm. Like, that would be the only thing right. that we were talking about where it's like, right. if my next employer looks and they see I bounce around a bunch, what I said is, like, I hope we live in a new age where that isn't something that's automatically, like, flipped. I hope at least you could get a conversation started because I would love to be able to provide an, a future employer with the reasons why. And I would want an employee that, you know what, you're going to be honest of, like, this was draining me. I wasn't fulfilled. That's why I ended up here. That would be much more, I guess, I guess, impactful for me. Let me ask a random qualifying question because now I'm, like, invested in your friend's life. Yeah, me too. Um, what If he wants to leave that job and go to a new job, would the new job be in the same vein of career type or mm. totally new? It would be, well, the good thing about this conversation with this friend is it would be something that he's actually extremely good at and he's done in the past. Mm. And he got out of it when the pandemic hit because it actually ended a job that he was doing similar work in not like he stepped into a whole new world with this new job mm. tried it out he's getting decent money and it's getting him on his feet again but what's happening is it's just taking a yeah. hit like right. night and day between who this dude is he's losing himself yeah yeah and so now it's like he started to look jobs for what his actual passion is again okay. and originally a couple years ago maybe that wasn't the biggest money grab but now a little bit more research he's like wait a second there is a way to make the same, if not more money, doing, doing something that I'm actually really good at and I'm really passionate about. I think that makes a difference yeah, because absolutely. you can say, okay, I was in this field, pandemic hit, I went to, I, mm. I'm pulling myself up, do, I'm doing some other work and I'm really trying, but I've realized that this is not, this particular career choice is not a match for me. So you, when, if you do jump and go to original career and you've got a hiring manager in front of you of some sorts and they're like, why were you only here for six months? And you're like, it was enough for me to know that that mm. was not for me. Yeah. I've been looking for something like this. And, you know, unfortunately, I learned very quickly that this was not for me. Because uh. I was going to say, if it's something in the same avenue, like um, if yeah. he's in accounting, but doesn't <laughs> right. like this particular type of accounting, he's that like, I can't stand it, but I want to get into this different. Then they'd be like, Ooh. could you not stick it out for like a year or two? Right. Like, cause Did that, I make it through two tax seasons at least? Right. That seems like. That makes sense. Yeah. There's some wiggle room. Right. Yeah. No, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, if it was the same type of job, I would completely be on that same side of, like, what, what Miguel was saying also is, like, okay, sometimes there are things where you just need to push through and yeah. see if you just make it through this, Got that other side, solved. oh, so much better. Yeah, problem solving, getting yourself through these hard situations. Like, it's going to pay off at the end as long as you're actually fulfilled in the work that you're doing. Yeah. And I do think that the questions that are asked on job interviews should be a little different and be evolving. Um, and I've been on a job interview in years, so I don't know what they ask now. I don't know. Um, very fortunate in that. Yeah. But I do believe, especially for if you're like between Holly and I's age of like 36, 40, that elder millennial where when I got out of college in 2007 and then literally a year later, the economic crashed of 2008. Oh, yeah. Y'all been given a. And then hand. like when we finally start getting our shit together a pandemic happened, you know? And so that, both of those affected my earning potential. Absolutely. In both times, because especially being in radio, where in 2008, I remember, because I just got into Panama City mm -hmm. that summer, and then the economic collapse happened that fall. And we didn't even know about it, though. Can I make no. a quick side tangent? Because mm -hmm. we were making so little money, it's right. like it didn't really matter. What but I did it, notice, I did, because in 2009 is when you started seeing the trickle-down effects of it, mm -hmm. because uh, like, I had had more experience than Miguel just because I'm older, mm -hmm. and I had had um, a 401k that I had set up with our previous, my previous employer in Ohio. 
obviously moved it to down to Panama City. And one day I looked and it like two thirds of it was gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. Right. I was like, this doesn't seem good. And what do I know? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm 25. Right. I was like. I had money. Now I don't have money. money. Right. So how does that work? And like uh, the financial advisor that was like given to me to handle this thing was like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to rebound. It never did. Mm -hmm. It never rebounded. It just, you started, that was your new starting point. Yeah, you started fresh. And so for me, who was making nothing at the time, like we directly saw it because like a way that we make extra money on the radio is by endorsements and what we call remotes. When you hear us say, hey, I'm going to be at this place Saturday morning on this car lot or whatever, that's an extra fee that we get. Well, if the car lots in the Scott's t-shirt shop don't have people coming in. They don't have money to advertise with us. us. And so then we don't get that money. And so we saw the effect of that. That's where it was. Directly yes. in, in uh, 2008. Yes. And can I make a fun little tidbit? Just cause, and this is just based on locality only. Location. Then mm-hmm. in 2010. Come on, oil. There was the oil spill. Oh, and y'all BP were... oil spill. And we were right, right there, there in the we Gulf Coast. In it. Yeah, so then that affected us more just for those group we, of millennials right there. We were so poor. Like, right. We, we had nothing. We had no money. And so then. I'm just, just gone. Literally, moving forward to uh, 2020, <laughs> I was the ER contract was up. And yeah. they were like, hold on. We're in a pandemic. Pandemic, y'all. Just. We're not doing anything. Sit tight. So that affected all of us. So it's like millennials had just. So. I say that to say, back to your friend, Yes, that a lot of people I know personally, like one of my friends who was in the travel agency business mm. um, for 13 years, and literally the next week after March 13th, oh my gosh, he got yes. let go, and he's in a completely different industry that he's like sort of enjoying, and he's like getting slowly back to what he was making, but he wants to go back to the travel agency business, but he's nervous too. So if you look at his resume, he's kind of hopped around in the past two years. So I think that those questions that they ask should be a little bit different about like, well, why do you da, da, da. Yeah. It's more like, what are the motivations behind it? What skills do you have? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because we've had to do it because of circumstances that were out of our control. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It does. I think I've, as long as the employer is asking Better in-depth questions. Right. You'll get a lot more from the employee. Absolutely. That's a a good conversation. Right. And you know what? And I want to say this, too, because I know that, you know, our generation, I see a lot of memes about this. We rag on baby boomers because, like, their college costs, like, nothing, basically. They got great resources. But they also had their own stuff that they had to deal with as well because they had no mental health support. No. And so now, yes, they have houses that have accrued lots of money if they were fortunate enough to be able to do that. Because then let's not even talk about, let's touch on if you were African-American and a baby boomer and you didn't even have access to be able to buy a house. Or a woman, too, in Or a woman and you couldn't even get your own fucking credit card. That's a whole other issue that you can talk about. But let's say you were, like, I think about Abe's parents, my fiance. Yeah. Like, his parents bought their house um, in the late 80s mm-hmm. on the water, uh, Lake Erie, beautiful home. It was like... It was probably like... A hundred thousand like, bucks. I was like, going to say, maybe say. even like $50,000. Right. Like something like that. I mean, for real. Right. Like, like, and so Abe and I are always like, let's just look on their Zillow. And we're like... Gore! You're like, shut it down. Just shut it down. And their house has been paid off for like mm-hmm. lots and lots of years. So whenever they decide to retire, they can cash out, sell it, 
they have 401ks, but that's even more money that they have. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think about now, like, I was fortunate, and Holly, you were fortunate to get in to buy our houses when oh we my did. God. So And fortunate. being able to sell Chateau Oprah when I did, I'm like, thank God. But if you're, like, Scott's age, who, like, I know that's something that's on your mind now at 25, yeah. I'm like, where do you even start? I don't know. Because, like, you're in, you're, like my starting entry was, like, 195. Now it's, like, there's nothing there for one There isn't anything. There's no. nothing. That's the craziest. And oh. also, you see the memes now of, like, this area, the Tampa Bay area, and how oh my God. everything is cre- Like, not only houses, but rent. Right. And that's, like, I mean, I'm lucky that right now I live in a house with, like, two other guys, and we're splitting rent, and it's, you know, like, the house, it just, it's a roof. Like, it's great. Right. It's a roof. But right. if you want to go anywhere else, like, because we did look. It's ridiculous. Mm. God forbid you try to get an apartment, and then the next year they're like, oh, we're going to raise the rent by, you know, 400 500 600 bucks. You're like, right. did my pay go up too? Because right. it didn't, and you're still having to pay that no matter what, and you have to live. And, and so many people are. are just, they're still here because there's no choice, but yet mm. yeah. prices are going up. You know what? That's the whole entire reason I even started looking into buying a house was because I was renting a house over mm. in Pinellas Park, and the rent had gone up. Like, well, actually, how long was I there? I was there in that house for a year and a half. And at the year mark, they're like, oh, by the way, for next year, rent's going up $400. And I was like, like four? for what? That's a whole four. different level status. You're like, putting in a pool? I know. <laughs> I was like, have you done anything? Like I think massage? there's a meth house down the street. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so indignant that I just even just checked into buying. So that, and I did end up being able to uh, buy the house that I'm in now. But then what I figured, because I like everyone like, it's kind of like having a baby. They tell you all the good things about it, mm-hmm. but they kind of don't really tell you some of the bad things about it. And it Ooh. is great to own a home. Like in the long run, the equity that you earn is right. worth it. But what I did not realize was that property taxes go up every year. Yes. When oh. I bought my home, that mortgage go up. I was having my, the mortgage that I locked in that first year I bought my home was the same that I was paying to rent that house in Pinellas Park. And I was like, I was all proud of myself. Mm. I'm like, ha! Gotcha, bought a house bitch. for the same price, bitch! Mm-hmm. Nothing getting it, can't say shit! And then the next year it went up probably like, what was it? Okay, the first year it went up, I think, $200. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. All right, watch Cut yourself. Cut things, it's fine. I'll, I'll make it. And now, like, it's been almost about five, I'm coming up on the five-year anniversary of owning my home. At this moment, my current mortgage is almost double what I started paying when I bought it in 2017. Oh. And that's with a refinance. Oh, my God. That's right. only from 2017. Yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. And, like, the refinance helped in a way, because, I like, my the guy, my guy reached out to me. He's like, this is a good time to refinance. I think it was two years ago. He's like, you should do it now. And it's good because what it did was shorten the term of the loan that I have to pay back. Mm. So instead of taking, I don't, I don't even know. This is how much little I'm like, my brain sticks to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say I had like a 30-year mortgage and I was going to pay X amount every single month for 30 years. Well, they refinanced it. And what happened was it made my mortgage actually go up mm. another 200 after mm. everything was said and done. But now it's only like 25 years. Right. Like, so, like, these are yay. the little gives and takes that they don't tell you about. Like, But then if you, in this area, like, I think you just said that the meme about this is the hottest uh, market oh, it is. It's in, the in America. Biggest uh, increase. On Zillow. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, you know, if Holly, you sold your house right now, it'd be pretty, it'd be girl, pretty penny. But where the fuck are you gonna go? That's what the that's the problem. That's the thing. Where you gonna go? Like I'm like I could make bank if I sold my house right, right. now because what I bought it for and what it's allegedly worth. You see where all the money comes factoring in, and I'm mm-hmm. like, woo! I sell it, <laughs> yeah. and get the money, and then I immediately put all of it probably into Back. some de- like where I don't even know, right? And that- would it be as good as the house that I have for, for what we need it for? No, like it's 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 a game, and I just I do I I feel so bad because like you know we talked about this in the podcast, you know, the reality show I'm on where Abe and I are building a house that we finally get to be able to talk about a little bit, yeah, but. That's one of the things that I I feel bad about for the neighborhood we're in because we're one of those, like, gentrifiers that are coming in and basically raising the, the price ah, and the yeah. taxes of the people that have probably, probably been there for the past, like, 15 or 20 years. So, like, yes, their taxes are going to go up, so they may say, oh, well, let me sell because— Someone like Miguel and Abe are coming in and buy it up. So well, let's sell and make a lot of money. But then where do those people go? Where do you go? But then it's like, this is the hard part. Like, I feel bad, but I'm like, I want to make money too. Yeah. So, I want to get in on the game. Like, as a person who grew up with nothing, I'm like, this is how they did it. So I'm going to do it. And so this... Mm. Is why sometimes capitalism sucks. Yeah, I know. Like, because someone always loses. It's very cutthroat. Someone always fucking loses. And yeah. as a person who does who doesn't want people to lose, yeah. but then I also want to take care win. of mine. Yeah, of course. It's just it's because you went from losing to being able to win a little bit. Absolutely. And, and that's the that's what capitalism is. They're like, right. if you do this, then you can do this. Right. And so you're like, well, that's what the American dream is. This is right. what I've been promised. I didn't know how to step on a couple of people on the way up. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, huh, there's just p- p- positives and negatives in this entire thing. It really is. Stay in my house, by the way. <laughs> like, right. I'm, I'm put up camp there. We're hanging out. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that we talked about. Like, because we have, um, we're building a mother-in-law suite on our garage. And so, we talked about, like, renting it out. And so, Abe and I are going back and forth about what that price could be, possibly, and I'm not going to say who's saying what, but, like, one of us is like, well, bitch, we close to downtown St. P, honey, so we going to get that money. And another one of us is like, well, let's make it affordable for people that want to live close to downtown that are in their 20s that can't afford to live in, like, one of the new apartment complexes right. downtown because – Rents like fucking twenty five hundred dollars right. for like oh. a two bedroom place. And also, how big is this mother in law suite? Probably not that big. It's not, but it's 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 going to be very nice. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's not. So I'm like, are we saying one of you is like thinking that you can get the amount of money that the downtown apartments get? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty and much. then one of you is like, well, let's maybe like, not half that, but like not that. Let's okay. I'm the bleeding heart who's like, well, this is our way to help somebody who is probably priced out by giving them a space. And but he's like, we've been not, we're always nice and we always lose. And this is our one time to actually help ourselves make money and pay for this. So it's just like, that's tough. Yeah, it is. That is tough. Also, if it's like, I mean, if it's like, what if it's like cheaper? Right. And you get like some like college student that can like afford it, but also like sells pot out of the window. Oh, bitch, don't bring drugs on my. Hey, pot's legal. 
medically. Medically? If not if you selling it out the mother-in-law. Yeah. Right, if you slinging, <laughs> somebody driving up to Miguel Fuller's house. Man, if he's still <laughs> slinging dope like that, there's so many <laughs> They're like driving by real slow, and they're like, "I'm like, go, go to the back, go, go to the alley, go to the back. not in the front, girl, not in the front." Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna have the new trap house in St. Pete. Oh wow, your new house is gonna turn into a trap <laughs> house. In the kitchen making pies with my baby. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. Just, right. There's all kind of possibilities. Anyone have anything else they want to say before we go? Mm. Anybody got anything else? No, no, I think that's it. No, I'm okay. I got all my points out. Oh. All right. Well, that's great. Scott, Thank what's you. your social media? Well, my social media. It's at Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. And I also want to give a shout out to Kelly Hurley real quick before Holly, you give your social media, who left a comment because we always try to stream the podcast live on social media or on YouTube. What did Kelly say, Holly? Kelly said, R.I.P. Sidney Poitier, his movie Guess Who's Coming to Dinner gave me strength in a time that did not approve of interracial relationships. Oh. Good one to watch. Scott, you and Monica should watch that. Go watch a classic movie. What's it called? Guess Who's Coming? Guess Who's Guess Coming, coming to, to Dinner. dinner. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Holly, what's your not social media? Not the one media? with Ashton Kutcher. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. No. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Radio Holly. Well, actually, I take that back. Was Bernie Mac in that movie? Ooh. Because you if Bernie what? Mac was in it, you should watch it. I th- Bernie me- Mac does not get enough praise for being Bernie Mac. That's all. God bless Bernie Mac. R.I.P. Anyway, uh, my my stuff while Miguel's looking this up is Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. So, uh, hold on, let me see. Yep. Wait, what are you looking at? It's called Guess Who. Oh, why? And, and it's it's yeah, Bernie Mac. Why did I know it was Bernie? I love Bernie Mac. Yeah. Bernie Mac was one of my favorites. So anyway, if you do. I take it back. Watch the Ashton Kutcher one if you do so choose because Bernie Mac's in it. But also, of course, the Sydney Poitier original. Uh, and my information is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on all of the social networks. Make sure to say hi. Please leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it on Instagram. On Instagram. On uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, leave us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. And until next time, bye. <laughs> <laughs>